two, three, go. Okay. Welcome to Sports Med Res's This Week in Review podcast, where we highlight the recent news in sports medicine research. Over the past week, we've had two posts on sportsmedres.org. That's res.org. In the first post, we introduced the Osteoarthritis Research Society International's guidelines for the non-surgical management of knee, hip, and polyarticular osteoarthritis. In the second post, we summarized a study where the authors found that among 750 samples of brain tissue from individuals with and without a history of sport participation, less than 6% of people showed signs of chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE. While most people don't develop CTE, roughly 1 in 7 former football players had evidence of CTE-related pathology, compared with about 1 in 18 of their peers. If we take a closer look at that second post, we find that the authors used the Mayo Clinic Tissue Registry to review samples of brain tissue from 300 former athletes and 450 non-athletes for the presence of CTE pathology or features of CTE. The researchers used obituaries and high school yearbooks to determine if someone participated in sports such as football, hockey, or soccer. They also used the Rochester Epidemiology Project, which is a comprehensive medical record linking system to identify relevant disorders such as head trauma, dementia, or alcoholism. The researchers identified CTE based on a consensus criteria and features of CTE when a person had multiple lesions that were possibly CTE, but they failed to fit all of the consensus criteria. This excluded Alzheimer's type pathology and age-related tau pathology. Overall, 66 out of the 273 females or 24%, and 232 out of the 477 males, or about 49%, participated in contact sports. Overall, 42 people had evidence of CTE-related pathology, which included CTE or features of CTE. This represented about just under 6% of the population. Only one female had any CTE-related pathology. A male with a history of participation in American football was about 2.6 times more likely to have CTE-related pathology than a peer. This study is yet another piece in the puzzle of understanding how participation in sports may impact the development of CTE. While more research in this area is definitely needed, the results support prior findings that participation in football increases the chances of CTE development. In fact, more than one in seven former football players in the cohort had evidence of CTE-related pathology compared to about one in 18 of their peers. A more detailed analysis with a larger cohort may help us understand who will get this pathology among people with and without a history of football. This information will be vital to developing prevention strategies However, some caution should be taken from this study as the researchers were unable to assess the years of participation and or the number of head impacts or head trauma that a person experienced. 
Despite this limitation, clinicians can use this study to help educate athletes and parents regarding CTE and sport participation. Clinicians should highlight that while football players are more likely to develop CTE, the vast majority of participants, about 85%, may not develop CTE, and we are trying to figure out why some people develop CTE while others don't. Parents and athletes can then make a more informed decision about the risks and benefits of participating in football. Don't forget that we also share extra material on social media. This week's most popular post was our announcement that, that we'll soon be revealing our newly designed website. And if you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice CEUs, then please check out our seven online evidence-based practice courses available through the Human Kinetics website. We'll have links to our summaries and the courses on our podcast website and in our show notes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll be back next week with more sports medicine research. Until then, have a fun one.